Hey, this is Robert Lang, pastor of Ascent Church. Welcome to our podcast. I pray and hope that you are blessed, encouraged, and that today's message speaks to you. All right. Thank you, Mr. Barks. It's so good to see you this morning and Cheryl with you. We love you guys and we bless you. We're so glad you were able to take this in. Enjoyed hearing from you this morning. We also just had a short offering video, and that's what you're hearing in your vehicles on Facebook. I encourage you when you get home to turn on the Facebook video and watch it back again to see everything that's also happening on that end. It is pretty tricky tying everything together as we have been, and we're doing our very best at it. We have a worship service coming from Saskatchewan, and we have uh, uh, viewers at home, and then we're, of course, coming into the radio this morning. But uh, we're trying to make it all come together and work the best we can, and it wouldn't happen without any of you guys that are here today, and we're so thankful that you've come together to, to be a part of this. You're, you're important here this morning. I want to just get right to the Word here right now. And I, on Friday, I felt the Lord drop a new series in my heart, and I was happy about it because of the name that he gave me that I'm going to call this series and I really believe that it is inspired of the Lord and the word that came to me was ascension to begin a new series on ascension and I find the title of that extremely fitting for one or two reasons well really two one being that we are only weeks past ascension day when Jesus ascended on high but also being that the name of our church is ascent church and so it seems so fitting to begin a series this morning. Not that I did this on purpose, but I really just felt like the Lord dropped this in my heart on Friday to begin a series called Ascension. And I'm going to be first reading out of Ephesians chapter number four in the fourth verse this morning. I'll take most of my scriptures, if not all, out of the English Standard Version. But if you're wherever you are in the living room or in your car, you can flick open your Bible, you can turn your pages. And you can read along with me this morning in whatever version that you might be reading in. So I want just to break down a little bit of what the word ascension means as we begin to get into this. I, I feel I have a very complex intro that I'm going to try and uh, get in a foundation on this message in a short duration of time. And so... We'll, we'll see how it goes. I know when I was in preparation for this service this morning or, and, and last night, there was just so many things in my heart that uh, I, I know I couldn't get it all to fit. I knew I had too many scriptures. I knew I had too much to say. And especially in just trying to lay the foundation for this, I just uh, I knew it was a lot to say in a short deal of time. But I'm, by the help of the Holy Ghost, uh, I believe we're going to get somewhere here this morning. And, and so ascension, as we break down that, little, that word a little bit, one of the synonyms of that word is ascent. Ascent. Oh, you just missed it. Somebody should have honked your horn right there. Ascent, climb, rise, rising, or to soar. And so ascension, of course, where we talk about ascension day is where the scripture says Jesus ascended on high and he gave gifts to men. After his resurrection and walking uh, uh, with his people, with the disciples, making appearances, but then ascending on high, being received up by a cloud, but not leaving without giving gifts to men. And then, of course, shortly after that is Pentecost, where the Spirit is poured out, where Jesus said he would not leave us comfortless. He, he has sent to us the Comforter. And so in Ephesians chapter number 4, we're going to be reading in the fourth verse. 
That word ascension, one of the definitions for it would be the act of rising to an important position or a higher level. The act of rising to an important position or a higher level. And as we read in Ephesians 4 and 4, it says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you are called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. Now, I really want you to start catching what he goes on to say here. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts unto men. And so it is talking about the ascension of Christ, how he was received up. But as he went, he gave gifts unto men. Here it also read, according to the measure of Christ's gift, was each of us given grace or given a grace on our life on our lives that we have received gifts in the same chapter of Ephesians 4 Paul goes on to talk about some gifts and some of those gifts that are mentioned in Ephesians 4 would be the fivefold ministry that are gifts to the body of Christ that God gave those as gifts to the body of Christ for the edifying for the maturing per, for the perfecting of the body of Christ and for the saints that we all continue to come into maturity. These are ministry gifts that God has given us for our benefit. And it says that these gifts were apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, it would say in the English Standard Version, but we know it as pastors and teachers. So there we have the fivefold ministry as gifts given to the body of Christ. Once again, apostles, prophets, pastors, or excuse me, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. These are some of the gifts that were given as Jesus was ascended up. He gave these gifts for the body of Christ. Now, I want to go a little bit deeper in this and start tying some things together. Some of the things that we're talking about this morning really could take months of Bible study to start breaking down the gifts, what these grace gifts are, what each one of them means to us or the ones that might be operating in our lives. And hopefully through this series, some of those things begin to come clear to you. But I'm going to kind of teach and preach here a little bit this morning, tying a lot of things together. So in Ephesians 4, we have the fivefold ministry gifts that are being laid out where Jesus has ascended on high. He has given those fivefold ministry gifts. But now in Romans chapter number 12, you don't have to turn there. You can if you want now or you can if you want later. The first verse talks about how we are to present our bodies a living sacrifice. To present our bodies a living sacrifice to the Lord the scripture said in the King James that that is our reasonable service. That is our reasonable service. I believe in the English Standard Version, it says that's our spiritual worship. It is our reasonable service to present our lives to the Lord Jesus. You know, we often think about it as such a, uh, a great deal when, when we surrender areas of our life as though as though we are giving so much, as though we are giving so much or, you know, that 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 we are really impressing heaven. And now try and understand what I'm trying to say to you here today, because the scripture 
didn't really present it like that, but rather it said it's our reasonable service because when we compare that to what Christ has suffered, what, what Christ has gone through, everything that He took upon His own self for us, how He was bruised and broken and beaten, how He has suffered, everything that He went through for us to be where we are today, that brings us to a point where I believe we can say, this is my reasonable service to present my life to Him. It's the very least I can do to surrender my life to Christ that I can be a vessel for Him to use. So that's the first verse. But as you continue to read later on in Romans 12, Paul begins to talk about motivational graces and gifts that were delivered also to the body of Christ. And remember, as we're talking about ascension, it was when he ascended that he gave gifts unto men. Some of those verses would read like this, for as in one body we have many members. In one body we have many members, many parts that make up a whole, a collection of people that come together as one. Each one has his own function, but also has the capacity and ability to come together and to function as one, as a body, because that is how God has made us to be. And so it words it like this, for as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ. So we don't all have the same function. We're many members making up a collective, one body in Christ, and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace that is given unto us. And so again, this grace is gifting. We're talking about these gifts that were given when Jesus ascended and gave gifts unto men, where He has deposited things in the lives of His people. I believe that there is giftings on the inside of you this morning. I believe that each one of us are a unique expression of God. A unique expression of God. That God wants to express Himself through our lives in a unique fashion that the world might know who He is that the church might know who He is. There is only one of you. There's nobody else like you. As crazy as you might be, as up and down as you might be, you might be faithful, you might be unfaithful, you might be good, you might be bad, whatever you might consider yourself this morning, but I want you to know that there is only one of you that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, the Scripture says. He knit us together in our mother's womb, fashioned and formed our parts on the inside. God was at work in our lives even while we were in the womb. I believe that we were born with gifts, born with graces in our life, that were there as a seed. Many times people that aren't born again they stumble onto some of these places that are their giftings that God has placed on the inside of them. And because of that, they find elements of success in the world. 
but those, those gifts are forgiven for worldly world fame, fame, or at least, at least worldly fame, fame, fame alone. If that, if that grace, grace even brings you to a place, place of worldly fame, fame, it's important for us to recognize that it is all for the glory of God. It is all for His glory. It is for the edification of His people. It is for the salvation of the world. Praise God. So there is unique giftings only inside of you. Some of those motivational gifts that are laid out in the book of Romans. Well, really, I'll read seven here. The seven motivational gifts. Prophecy, service, teaching, giving, giving, exhortation, administration, mercy. And without diving into depths of what they all mean, if we were to break them down more and more, you would all begin to find elements of them in your life, but especially thriving in certain areas. For example, the gift of mercy. Oftentimes people go into departments or jobs that require compassion. Places like nurses, and we have some nurses here today. But many times that's because of the gifting that is upon their life that we could also identify as calling that leads people to where God has called them to be. Your giftings will also be a big part of your personality. Someone say personality. Ha! Personality. Personality. What would life be without a little bit of personality? Amen. Come on. Thank God for personality. I'm glad that you got some personality. Because if we were one and all the same and everybody had the same demeanor and the same approach and the, the, the same tone and the same word, man, that sounds pretty boring. You know, I, I, I really wouldn't need you that much if you were everything that I was already. But it's because that you are something different than what I am. That is why I need you. Hello, somebody. That's why you need me. I don't express God the same way as you do. And it's not that God ever changes. He is forever the same. Amen. From the beginning to the end. But he is such a big, such an awesome God. Amen. That we can continue to express him throughout the course of our lives. Generation after generation. One person after the next person encompassing the globe. And still only begin to touch who he is and how awesome that he is. This is why he has placed gifts and callings like this within the body. So as we're talking about ascension, again, ascension being defined as the act of rising to an important position or a higher level. Christ ascended, giving us gifts. And now this is where I want to bring it to towards you this morning. We must ascend. We must arise. We must come into the place of our callings and our giftings that God has placed upon our life, identifying what they are, moving into that arena, and allowing God to do a work of grace that continues to uncover those gifts, causing us to excel more and more and more. 
because as we do, we are fulfilling our function in the body and we are being a blessing in this earth. Another awesome verse in 1 Corinthians where Paul also talked about the gifts of the Spirit said there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And so there's many varieties. You know, God moves in us in very different ways. Not everybody's a preacher. Not everybody's a worship leader. Not everybody's a teacher. Not everybody's a nurse. Not everybody's a doctor. Not, not everybody's a businessman. But yet, as we all move into the places where God has gifted us, that is where we will find, I believe, the most personal, personal success, but also being the greatest blessing than we can possibly be because we are coming into agreement with who God has created us to be. I want to touch on this point again because I did mention that I believe those gifts are there from birth, but in seed form, in seed form. And that how sometimes we see these gifts operating in people that are even in the world. And I often have thought about it like this and used this for an example. Not that I've talked about it to many people, but as I pondered some of these things, talking to a friend last night, one of the things that I had brought out and mentioned of something that I had often thought about is how even people who are secular singers in the world, you can identify their giftings especially in those who have an ability to draw out deep emotion. Deep emotion. You know what it's like when somebody sings and they're flat. You also know what it's like when somebody sings and they begin to seem to pull at every emotion that's on the inside of you. They cause your eyes to well up with tears or they cause those nice tingly feelings that we all sometimes enjoy that make us feel good on the inside and so what I'm trying to say is oftentimes people that aren't even born again are operating in these gifts in some capacity because God has placed it in them as seed form but sadly Satan tries to manipulate these gifts that much more easy for him to do when the individual does not know Jesus he can take those gifts and try and twist them and manipulate them and use them for His purpose. And so people that were born with giftings for God, for His glory, to enhance the body of Christ and to be a blessing in the earth, when they are under the oppression of the enemy, they end up rather serving and furthering the agenda of the kingdom of darkness. And this can also happen. But that gift that is there in seed form really begins to come alive and is able to be uncovered to what it was intended to be when we are born again and come into relationship with Jesus Christ. Because that gift was given for us from Him and for Him. And without Him, we will never be able to see what we were intended to be. Without the operation of the Spirit of God in our life, 
without the operation of God's grace working in us, uncovering these gifts, causing these gifts to surface, the Spirit of God upon us, empowering us to be what we never could have been in the flesh. The anointing of God. Touching the graces on our lives. Touching the gifts that God has placed on the inside of us. Causing yokes to be destroyed in people's lives. Amen. Let me tell you something. When you begin to operate in your grace, when you begin to operate in your gifting, when you begin to function as the part of the body that God has called you to be, amen, God is able to use you to destroy the yokes off people's lives. It doesn't always look the same. For me, you know, it's when I take my office and begin to preach the Word of God, the yokes begin to be destroyed off of people's lives. When I lay hands and begin to pray in the office that God has called me into. But for some of you, it's when you're nursing. For some of you, it's when you're teaching in public schools. And that grace and that gift that is on your life, empowering people, setting people free. You see, this adds a whole bigger picture and broader spectrum to what the church has often thought about our graces and our gifts only being able to operate within the four walls of the church. No, no, no. That's where we get stirred up. Amen. That's where we get built up. That's where we get encouraged. And then he sends us out into the mission field. Amen. God wants to use you right where you are, friend. There's a grace on your life that is divine. And so I wanted to get to this this morning. And really all that I've mentioned so far has been foundation for the series. But I wanted to spend a few minutes on this point because I believe that it is what I've been leading to. And I want to read a couple scriptures from Isaiah 52. And I want to say this. Because there is giftings in you. Because there is a call on your life. Because God is calling you to use you for His kingdom and for His glory. It also catches the attention of our adversary. Who, as I already said, will try and manipulate the gifts in people's lives. who will also try and keep born-again believers tied to their past, oppressed, carrying things and burdened with things that try and prevent us from rising up or ascending to the fullness of the places where God is calling us to be where we continue to press on. We are not in pursuit of gifts. Can you hear me this morning on this point? We're not pursuing gifts. We're pursuing Jesus. We're pursuing Him. We're pressing towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God 
in Christ Jesus. But as we are pursuing Him, these gifts continue to unravel in our life. It's throughout our pursuit of Him where God begins to stir up these things that He has placed on the inside of us. Where we continue to mature and we begin to grow in revelation and understanding of who we are in Christ. Who He is on the inside of us. And the unique expression of God. And the unique expression of God that we are within the earth. We have to come to the place in our lives where we are willing to contend. To fight the good fight of faith. Because there is an adversary who wants to shut us down. Why? Because he's afraid of what you are and what you can be. He knows that there's greatness on the inside of you. And so He wants to keep you in petty things. He wants to keep you divided, separated. Try and tell you you're a one-trick pony or you're a lone wolf. A one-man show. But I got to tell you today, none of us are one-man shows. We might have unique functions and indeed, all of us do. But they are all also given to the purpose of us coming together and causing the body, amen, to function in an awesome way. Hallelujah. Amen. You think about it as a hockey team or a football team. I'll use the reference of a hockey team this morning because I can't name all the positions on a football team because I'm not that big of a football fan. But on a hockey team, you have a centerman, you have wingmen, you have defensemen, you have a goaltender. All of these people have a different title, have a unique office, if we would use that term, a unique function. But yet when they come together, now they are able to compete as a team. I believe that gives us a nice picture of how it is that God has placed unique giftings in us. For some, they shine more than others. For some, it's more on stage than others. But we still need each and every part. I can't say to one, you don't matter. I can't say to one, you're not as important. Because even if my little toe gets separated from me, it can throw my whole body out of balance. And so I'm reading now in Isaiah 52, and I'm not going to be much longer. But as we talk about the idea that because there is gifts in you, Satan is also trying to stop you. He doesn't want you to locate your gifting. And then he doesn't want you to excel in your gifting. He wants you to give up in your gifting. He wants you to draw back in your gifting. He wants you to pull away from the body. He wants to allow you to, or bring you to the place rather, where you allow yourself to be overcome with hurt, 
rejection, despair, and these things trying to put obstacles between what you and where you are called to be. And so we have to fight the good fight of, fi of faith and contend for the things that God has called us into. And I love these scriptures in Isaiah 52, and I'm closing with these, even though, as I said, I've laid a foundation to get to this point, that the reason you've been battling some of the things that you've been battling, some of the hell that you've had to go through in your life, and you wonder why, what was it all about? Why have I been attacked in such a way? Or why did my life seem... It just might have something to do with the great purpose, the great destiny that God has lying on the inside of you. And even though you didn't see it, God knew what He put in there. And the enemy has detected that greatness, that potential, that that gifting, that grace that lies on the inside of you. And so this message I bring to you this morning that is in Isaiah 52 and 1, where the scripture repeats itself using the same word twice. And it says, Awake! 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 Somebody just say right now, wake up. Wake up. And in whatever place in your life that you've fallen asleep, but God is calling you to ascend right now, I say to you, wake up. This is what the Lord is saying to the body of Christ. Through COVID-19. COVID-19 has come as pandemic epidemic and pandemic trials for many shutting down the church or at least the church building but it has given the church an opportunity an opportunity you know we get stuck very easy in our comfort zones can you say amen if you know it to be true? We get stuck so very easy in our comfort zones. And places where we become boxed in. And I believe that the church for so many years has been boxed in. So many gifts lying dormant. So many functions that we could be called into. That we could be operating but instead of ascending, we were contained. We were contained. And I don't mean to glorify COVID-19. Because it has brought so much pain and death to some. But what I do submit to you this morning is that through this, through this pandemic, God has given opportunity for the church to be accelerated in a short duration of time, what might have taken years for God to shake us out of our comfort zones and our boxes. 
what might have taken a decade or more. God has accelerated it. Now I know many are saying we just want to get back in our four walls and we just want to get back to normal. But normal shouldn't be our goal. Normal is not where He's calling us back to. He's calling us to ascend. Ascend and yes, extend. Excel. Not just go back to our place of containment where the church hides away. But this is our time to break forth and be the salt and the light of Christ in this earth for our graces and our giftings to truly begin to shine in unique ways that maybe the church of the past never identified. But God is giving opportunity. And I realize that many, they're going to go back to normal. That's where their heart is. They've not allowed themselves to be stirred. They've not allowed their, their, their vision to be expanded. Oh, but God wants to take our vision from the places where it's been so small. Where it's only been our church. And expanded to our community. And expanded to the world. You, my friend, are a unique expression of God. And God wants to express Himself through you to the world and in the church of Jesus Christ. And so God is saying, awake, awake. What's it going to take for you to wake up? What's it going to take for you to get stirred up? What's it going to take for you to begin to press again and press towards that mark? What's it going to take for you to forgive? What's it going to take for you to allow yourself to heal in the places where you've hung on to the hurts of the past? And the Lord says, awake and awake. Put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For there shall no more come into you the uncircumcised and the unclean. And now listen to this verse, church. He says, shake yourself. Shake yourself. You've got to do some shaking here. This is your part now. God has done some shaking. He's shaking things up. But we need to shake off the dust. He says, shake yourself from the dust and arise. This dust can signify a couple points. Dust collects when we become stagnant. Dust collects when we're not moving. Dust collects when we're not functioning. The dust that he's talking about here, I believe, the dust that was there because of their enemies who have tread upon them. The oppression of their enemies. The things of life that have oppressed us. Painful points, painful memories. Hurts of the past. Places of disappointment. Places where the enemy has targeted our lives. And he's saying, shake off that dust. 
where the enemy has tried to resist you, where the enemy has tried to oppress you, where it has caused stagnation in your life, shake yourself. That dust is also from the places where we have mourned, covered ourselves in dust because of the times of mourning in our life. But the Bible says that weeping may endure for the night, but joy, oh yes, joy cometh in the morning. Hallelujah. And so the scripture says, shake yourself. What are some of those things today that are trying to shut down your giftings? That are trying to stop the call? That are trying to stop your advancement? That are trying to tie you into your yesterdays? Hindering you from moving forward to what God has for you today? And so the scripture says, shake yourself from the dust. And arise, rise. It's Ascension Day. Hallelujah. It's Ascension Day. It's time to ascend. It's the ascension of the church. It's the ascension of our giftings. It's time to us. It's time for us to rise up to places of greater importance. What we're called to is bigger than you. It's bigger than me as an individual. The call on my life, it's bigger than me. It's God moving through me. It's God expressing Himself. It's for His glory. It's me being a conduit, a vessel for the Most High God. And so He says, shake yourself from the dust and arise. But then the next verse, or the next part rather, Something very funny where he almost sounds like he would contradict himself. But how many know the Lord doesn't contradict himself? He says, shake yourself and arise. But then he says, be seated. Or sit down. <laughs> because it's not until you get up. Oh yes. It's not until you decide to get up. And who God has called you to be. And who you are in Jesus Christ. Till you, till you can really sit down. And take your place. Being who God has called you to be. And so we are all called to rise in maturity in Jesus Christ. And spiritually speaking we are seated with Him in heavenly places. Seated there. But we must mature into our places or till our minds are renewed to see ourselves like He sees us. Until then, we got to contend. We got to keep on fighting the good fight. Resisting the devil. Knowing because God has called me, I have enemies. I have adversaries. And that's why I can't think it's such a strange thing. The fiery trials that we go through. It's because God has called me. But I wouldn't trade this calling for anything. What an honor. What a privilege to be called of the Lord. To be called into His army. 
and His kingdom. And so we are for such a time as this. And so to those in attendance, for those watching at home, I bless you this morning. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will rise to what God is calling you to be. I pray that the anointing of God destroy the yokes off of your life that has tried to separate you from the places of your call, your grace, your giftings, that has tried to separate you from who God has called you to be in your unique expression individually and corporately. That this be your time. That this be your time. And in this time, you would awake. You would arise. You would shake the dust. And you would take your place. Hallelujah. Knowing that I am a unique expression. I am needed. God has called me. This is my hour. And this is my time. God bless you this morning. Pastor Robert Lang coming to you on behalf of Ascent Church. We love you. We bless you. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. We're going to go back to a time of worship. Be blessed this morning. Be encouraged in Jesus' mighty name.